Today's episode is sponsored by Park Dental Care in Richmond Hill, Queens. 718-847-3800. Greatest dentist in the world. He takes all insurances. So, yeah, we're talking about fog hat today, Rob. Look at these pretty white. <laughs> Thank you to the dentist. Yes. Gene K. Affleck. Yeah, look at uh, these teeth. We uh, got more teeth than brains. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, we're talking about the, uh, the band Fog Hat today. Yeah. And... Uh, I have to admit, this is kind of like a labor of love doing this podcast today. Fog Out was one of the first bands that I ever really got into as a kid. And uh, they're kind of forgotten a little bit in the scheme of things. Other than Slow Ride and maybe Fool for the City, those two songs, uh, people kind of forgot about Fog Out. But at one point in the 1970s, Fog Out was like the hardest working band in rock and roll. Okay, these guys were touring pretty much uh, every every month out of every year, uh, recording at the same time, uh, nonstop touring, uh, and, and really just getting their music out there. A lot of bands like that, but Foghat was, was definitely one of them. And Foghat also did something that I find very interesting, Rob. Okay? Mm-hmm. They, they kind of tried to change their sound. Now they're a '70s band. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. The, the, you know they started about 1971, um, and I'll get into the history. But but by the late '70s, obviously music was changing. Uh, punk and, and and new wave had come in and influenced a lot of things. And what I was what I found and 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 you know like I I, did, I was a fan, so I was aware of this. But what I found in researching for the show is that. Lonesome Dave Peverett, who was the who was the singer, really kind of wanted to take the band in almost like a new wave direction. Ooh. Okay, and there's really very few bands that have done this. I can't think of too many, and 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 you know it, it caused a lot of turmoil in the band. It caused a lot of fans to kind of say fuck them. You know they they, they yeah. change their sound. But I you know I'm gonna put this on the record right now as as rock a mic. Okay, mm-hmm. I kind of like some of the later stuff that they yeah. did, and 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 not all of it. Uh, some of it is not is not great, uh, but they have such a solid, um, a solid discography 
especially the first two albums. Dude, but they got like what eight gold albums? Like, yeah, just no, that, yeah, no, that's ridiculous. One, one yeah, platinum, yeah. Platinum, yeah. Platinum, yeah. They were at, at one point, you know, between Fool for the City and the Fog Hat live album, which we talked about not too long ago. Yeah, that was one, as one of the best live albums ever. Uh, you know, they're definitely a band that that you got to pay attention to. Uh, they were they were they were blues, they were rock, uh, but then they you know they 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 went in this other direction a little bit in in the early eighties, late seventies, and I find it interesting because it's very hard to pull off to kind of trade change your sound and keep your fans, but they were doing what they wanted to do, and and I respect that. So, and they had a lot of lineup changes. Yeah, too, they did. Like they did. Their, yeah, it's crazy. They did have a lot, lot of lineup changes, and they still play around today. And uh, Roger Earl, the drummer, is the only original member. Um, they've got all new guys now from from different different bands that have come in. Um, but you know, I, I saw them about four years ago at BB King's before that club closed, and they were great. That was a good venue, BB King's. BB King's was a very good venue. Yeah, I missed that. So. One thing you have to understand about Foghat is that they kind of formed from a split up between members of Savoy Brown. Uh, Savoy Brown was an English blues band kind of fronted by guitarist Kim, Kim Simmons. Okay. He had different lineups, different singers. He was a guitar player, great guy. Okay. And uh, Foghat consisted of vocalist, guitarist, Lonesome Dave Peverett, Roger Earl on drums, Tony Stevens on bass, and uh, they all left Savoy Brown in 1971. Now, Rod Price, the lead guitarist, who's a, who was a, an amazing guitar player, he played guitar and he was great on the slide guitar as well, which is something that you you play kind of sitting down. Yeah. Okay. Slide. Okay. Now he was he was brought into the lineup when Foghat was put together in January of 1971. Now. The name Foghat, people always wonder where, yeah. where the hell did that come from, okay? It was something that Lonesome Dave Peverett and his little brother John came up with while playing Scrabble one night when they were kids. Yeah. They actually had that name for a long time, All right. okay? Now, in fact, um, Dave Peverett used to go by the name of Junior Foghat when it was kind of like before he got the name Lonesome Dave. Lonesome he Dave. was going by the name of Junior Foghat as a kid. Um, now, Dave was born April 16th, 1943 uh, in England, and he was an avid blues and rock and roll fan, uh, basically was self-taught on guitar. Uh, he was in some several like pub and club circuit blues-based bands before he joined Savoy. Savoy. In 1967. Um, now, he was the vocalist and rhythm guitarist, uh, blues guitar legend. And again, Kim Simmons, you, you have to listen to Savoy Brown to appreciate him. Uh, he was the star of Savoy Brown. Now, bassist Tony Stevens, he was born September 12, 1949. He was the principal songwriter for Savoy Brown. They did a lot of covers, but 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 they also wrote a lot. Uh, he wrote a lot of the tunes. And um, uh, by the late 60s, Savoy Brown had a pretty decent following in the U.S. as a British blues band. They were big in, in England. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, their most popular album in the U.S. was an album called Looking In. Uh, 
And an interesting side note is that uh, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Albatron, okay, who's also known as Cynthia Plasticaster, okay. she made a mold of Tony Stevens for her collection. A mold of His what? Johnson. His Johnson. Okay. Cynthia Plasticaster passed away a few months ago, so shout out to her and rest in peace. Hey, but, do you realize but, it was the 50th anniversary of Fartnet in, in 2021? Yeah, their, their first album came out. Yeah, I didn't realize they were holy shit. Yeah, that's yeah. a long time. Long time. Now, dr drummer Roger Earl was born May sixteenth, nineteen forty-six. He joined Savoy Brown in nineteen sixty-eight. Uh, he unsuccessfully auditioned for the Jimi Hendrix Experience uh. and didn't get in that, but he got into Savoy Brown. Um, he actually is the only member of Fogat to be on drums despite their many lineup changes, he's been consistent during yeah. the whole time. Rod Price, okay, he was born November 22nd, 1947. He was in the British blues band Black Cat Bones. Black Cat Bones. Originally replacing guitarist Paul Kossoff, who went on to start the band Free. And Paul Kossoff would, would die a few years later, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, Price recorded the album with Black Cat Bones called Bobbed Wire's Sandwich, uh, which was released in 1969. It was a total commercial flop, and it basically the, the band disbanded. After right that. away. Yeah, not too long, and by the end of 1970. Now, Foghat would form in January of 1971. Uh, shortly after, they would be signed to Bearsville Records, Bearsville was a new label founded in 1970 by Albert Grossman. Uh, he was an American entrepreneur and manager of rock, of kind of bands in the rock and folk scene. Uh, he managed some acts like Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Bob Dylan's band, The Band. The Band. Okay, right. Now, Bearsville Studios were located um, in Bearsville, New York, which was about two miles west of Woodstock. Foghat would soon relocate to, New York. to United, well, to United States. Yeah, and yeah. they would they would be New York based, which I always thought was cool because I would kind of like hear little things. They 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 would be um, recording sometimes out in Port Jefferson, out of Long Island, and I would hear little things like, "Oh, they're working on something," or you know, oh, stuff shit. like that. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I I always wanted to meet one of them, but I never did. Now. This is the lumped up episode of Fogat. Yeah, it's very lumped up. Despite the relocation of Fogat to the States, they would record their self-titled debut album at Rockfield Studios in Wales. Wow, they went back to... Now, who was at Rockfield? Do you remember? I don't remember. Dave Edmonds. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he and produced them, right? He produced this album, the first album by Fogat. Yeah. And uh, the opening track on this album was Willie Dixon's Dixon's um I just want to make love to you which the Stones made famous yes. and, and, and but their version is fantastic. Oh yeah, I think they were the best one. Especially the live version from Foghat Live, but the studio version there's nothing wrong with it. Um it got some radio play that track. It did yeah. it did very well. And um they 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 kind of were becoming popular in a, in a small way. Uh, the album also, also featured a remake of the Savoy Brown bluesy song about the road called Leaving Again, Again. 
Leave it again and again. Okay. okay. And it also features a classic blues track called Sarah Lee that Rod Price plays well, sly guitar on. He was known for that. Now, released in July of 1972, the album would peak at 127 in the U.S. That's pretty but, good. Yeah, not too bad for a debut, but would get to number 23 in Australia. What is it about those horses? Australia. Right? What is it? What is it? Uh, you know what? British and Australia, they always, um, they always like those bands, man. They get high ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're big in Australia. We're big everywhere. <laughs> now, Fog had hit the road after this, and their popularity grew. Yeah. Okay? They were... They were being quickly known as a band to see live. Um, their second album technically is also self-titled as Fog Hat, but every one of their fans know it as Rock and Roll. Because rock there's roll. a there's a picture of a rock and there's a picture of a bread roll on the, on the album cover. <laughs> okay. That was released on March 1st, 1973. Produced by Tom Dawes. Who was Tom Dawes? Tom Dawes was in The Circle. S-Y-R-K-L-E. They had that famous song, Red Rubber Ball. Oh, doo, doo, yeah. doo, doo, doo. Okay. Tom Dawes yeah. was, was, was in Circle, and he produced that album for them. Um, I find that a very interesting production choice. Yeah. Okay. But the record sales for this album would be better than the first album. Okay. The album peaked at number 67 in America, uh, basically on strength of the tracks like Ride, 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 long way to go, it's too late, and a blues cover of I Feel So Bad, originally recorded by Chuck Willis. These guys were deep, deep in the blues. Yeah. Deep in the blues. But these guys were also taking albums back to back, back to back, right? Like they Six had months albums. apart. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, these were these were the days when bands recorded, toured, recorded, recorded while touring, while touring. <laughs> slam another album out. I mean, this was like serious shit. And and all you new new jacks out today, you better pay attention. That's the yeah, way to do that's it. That's the way to do it. You know? Making albums, making albums. Take yeah. that one album. You know what? Six months. You know we need to we need more income. Take exactly. another album. Exactly. Now their third album. So was, in that case, how did they do a deal for them? Well, Be Bearsville loved them. Okay, and and they just they, they just probably did three record deals at a time, three records, okay. kept it going. They they were with they were with Bearsville for a long time, even after they kind of started to wane a little yeah. bit. Bearsville stayed with them. Yeah, yeah, very cool. You know, their third album was called Energized, and yep. they were that was released in January of '74. Uh, it would reunite Tom Dawes again with Foghat. Uh, they had tracks like Honey Hush. Home in My Hand, Wild Cherry, and a cover of That'll Be the Day by Buddy Holly. Uh, that would bring Energized to number 34 on Billboard. They're moving up. That's not bad. Number 38 in Canada. Yeah. Okay. The band was relentlessly touring as well. Relentlessly. Like playing New York City three, four times a year. Wow. Okay. Rock and Roll Outlaws would be their fourth album, Foghat. Okay. And... Bearsville would put it out again. They was like I said, they were still on Bearsville. October of '74 that came out, uh, and that was their second release of the year. Most of the tracks were Lonesome Dave compositions, or they were co-written by Rod Price. Tony Stevens unfortunately has no writing credit on this album. Uh, he did on the past um, tracks like Eight Days on the Road describe their hard touring lifestyle. Um, interesting. There's a track 
was called Rock and Roll Outlaw that was written by ex-rascal Felix Cavalieri and Carmen Moore. Felix Cavalieri and the Rascals. Okay? The album peaked at number 40 in the States. So, again, you had a top 40 album once again. Again, that means they're moving up. They're moving on up. They're moving on up. The next album was called Fool for the City. My, for the one city. of my all-time favorite albums. Uh, it was released on September 15th, 1975. And it was recorded at um, at uh, st the studios in Vermont. Uh, the album was produced by Nick Jameson. Nick and Jameson. the band had come off an extensive tour at that point. And Tony Stevens would quit the band due to that. Okay, wow. it was, you know, he didn't contribute much on the last album, and then the touring was getting to be too much. These guys were really like, you know, hitting the yeah. road, you know, you know, three hundred days out of the year, kind so, of thing. He wanted out then. He wanted yeah. the rest. Yeah, but this was the album that broke them. This was the album that broke them, and he left in the middle. Yeah. Of it, you know, good guy. He would come back later, and we'll talk about that. But, um, Nick Jameson would then kind of, you know, he produced the album. And he would play the bass parts. Oh shit! For most of it. Okay. Now, the album was their biggest studio album at that point, getting to number twenty-three in America. The hit single was "Slow Ride." Yep. Okay, you know that song. Yes. All right. right. And that would peak at number twenty. That single. Yep. The title track "Fool for the City" would get to number forty-five. Now, the album, which is one of my favorite album covers of all time, it shows drummer Roger Earl sitting in the middle of the street on a soapbox in front of 229 East 11th Street <laughs> in, in Manhattan, yeah. okay? Which was right around the corner from Foghat's yeah. American office. Yeah. Okay? Uh, it's there's a, there's a classic story where they open the manhole up, and Roger Earl, who was this, like, you know, bell-bottom, long-haired, walrus mustache <laughs> kind of guy, okay, with, like, a floppy hat on. Yeah. And he's he just he's sitting on a fucking soapbox, and he drops a fishing pole down into the manhole, and two cops <laughs> see him, and they go, "You got a fishing license?" <laughs> right? And they they're like, "What are you doing?" You know? Yeah. Right? So he's like, "Oh, we're shooting we're shooting an album cover." So they ended up they let him do it. They didn't give him a hard time. They let him do it, and uh, you know it became one of the iconic seventies rock. <laughs> you know, and they took pictures with them like this. There's pictures of Roger Earl handcuffed and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. New York's finest. Always the best. Okay. Now, uh, a side note about Nick Jameson, the producer, and he played a lot of bass on this album, is that he has an extensive acting career. And I know you know this, and you just might not know it's him. Okay. Well, he appeared on. 24 as the Russian president Yuri Suvorov. Oh, okay. Okay, for three seasons. Okay. But he also was on King of Queens and he does voiceovers a lot. Wow. Okay. He did the voiceover for Palpatine in Star Wars Clone Wars. Oh, the, the cartoon. Wow. The cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. That's Nick Jameson, the producer to wow. Foghat, who produces a lot of a lot of their albums. So that's what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah. So with that, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to pay some bills and have a beer, and we'll be right back in a minute. 
right, we're back talking about Fog Hat. Welcome to the Rock Show. Ready to crack this beer, Mr. Rossi? Oh, yeah. I'm always ready to crack a beer. Oh, yeah. Salud, brother. Now, we were just talking about Fool for the City, which is one of their greatest albums. Um, but in November of 1976, the follow-up for Fool to the City was released. That was called Night Shift. Uh, that was the first album to include their new bass player, Craig McGregor. All right, because Tony Stevens left. Uh, it was produced by Dan Hartman, who had written Free Ride as a member of the oh, Edgar sure. Winter Group. Nick yeah, Jameson was never part of the group. He, 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 he would be song. at times, but not for touring and later on. But it's both for albums. Like if they were recording an album, he was there. He could if he, if he produced, he could fill in. But, oh, but yeah. they needed somebody for the road. Okay. So Craig McGregor became that guy. Okay. All right. Now, um, Dan Hartman produced this album and he was in the Ego Winter band and he wrote Free Ride. Gonna take a free ride. Free yeah, that's ride. a great song. Okay. Now, um, this album would make it to number 36 and it basically was a very hard rock album. It was a little less bluesy. Yeah. Uh, he had a song called Driving Wheel, uh, Foghat's version of Take Me to the River, Dunny in the River. Water yeah. by Al Green. Oh, I love that. Talking yeah. Heads has that great version. Okay. Now, Dan Hartman, do you remember that name? Dan Hartman. He had that song in the 80s, I Can Dream About You. Oh, yeah, that was a great that, song. Yeah, that was, Dan, yeah, that was like a movie soundtrack or something. Oh, like yeah, that. that was the one with the, the band, like the black band. Yeah, it was a black black a black group. Yeah, black I group. forget the name of the movie. What was the name of that? That was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, Dan Hartman. Okay. Was it The Dream or something? I don't remember until I looked up. <laughs> now we're up to 1977 and that was a year for Fargat. if you were a fan of Fargat, that was the year Fargat live would be released and it's one of the best live albums ever uh it's their best selling album ever yeah okay uh it would get to number 11 on billboard charts and again produced by nick jameson it was recorded may 10th 1977 at the Dune Arena in Henrietta, New York. Wow. Uh, it was released on August 10th, 1977. This live album caught the band at its peak. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really, if you're going to, if, if, if you don't know, if you don't know Foggin, if you're watching this show and you're like, I never heard of these fucking guys. You should listen okay, to this album. Get this album. Start here and maybe get full for the city after that and work your way. Work your way back. Uh, Fog at Live you know, it's is. Funny, I heard this album when we were um, when we did that show about five live albums. Right. Months I think right. that's what they do. I'm surprised you haven't thrown in one of those yet for the new schedule. Yeah, well, we will. We will. You know, I got to come up with some more live records. <laughs> but I mean, you know, listening to that album, I know you're not you're not a, a big connoisseur in Fog at, no, but, no. but when but when you heard it. What you, what'd you say, right? Fantastic. One of the best albums I heard. I mean, it's it's what a live album is supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing cheesy about it. It's just like kick ass, balls out. And and I have to say something. And I don't know if anybody listening out there will pay attention. There's a band called Nashville Pussy. Yeah. That I love. Okay. They've been around for 25 years. I love to them. get them on the presential. We should try. We should try. Any fans of Nashville Pussy out there, or anybody that knows Nashville Pussy, please tell them to cover a Foghat song. Oh, that'd be they so always good. they always do 
somebody cool, and their out their, their their name is after a Ted Nugent song, okay? And Double Live Gonzo when he says, "How about all that national pussy?" pussy. I have? Okay? So I mean, it, it, it you know these guys need to cover fire. At I just want to say that. I just want to say that. Next album will be called Stone Blue. Okay, and it was their seventh studio album. I mean, these guys were just pumping. Yeah, out they were pumping. Okay, nineteen seventy-eight. Okay, it was released in May of that year. It got to number twenty-five, and the title track would go top forty. Uh, it was kind of their last. Well, not kind of. It was their last real hit record. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stone Blue, Robert Johnson's "Sweet Home Chicago." Their version of it is fucking mind blowing. Uh, Easy Money, yep. Elmore James's "It Hurts Me Too." Okay, those are all standouts on that album. Oh, hell this yeah. is a band that, you know, and 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 though they're very different, but bands like the Ramones, bands like the Cramps, yeah. that would take a cover song and make it their own. When Foghat did it, like "Sweet Home Chicago," yeah, you didn't need to hear the original anymore. Yeah. Because it's like that's the fucking version. Elmore James hurts me too. Lonesome. That's like Ike, Ike Turner and Tina where they yeah. took over um, Proud Mary. I think that version is superior to any other version. Yeah, I mean, it got to a point with with Proud Mary where people didn't even remember. Chris no, they didn't even remember. Anymore, you know. Now after 1978 and Stone Blue, Foghat sales began to slip. Music was changing. Yeah. And punk and new wave were more were, were making inroads into yeah. what a lot of seventies hard rock acts yeah. were in. Okay, yeah, now Boogie Motel would be the eighth studio album released by Boogie Motel in September of seventy nine. Boogie, mostly it was self produced. Boogie Motel is a little bit more pop oriented. Uh, still, it's got some solid tracks like "Somebody Been Sleeping in My Bed," okay. Uh oh, that's not good when that happens, okay. And then there's a there's a track on there that's a, sort of a ballad called Third Time Lucky," which is a fantastic song, okay. I made that song of the night recently or something like that. Third Time Lucky." Uh, the album also has some saxophone playing by Alto Reed on it, okay. Guitarist Rod Price was not happy with the direction the band was going. Yeah. Now, he would leave the band in November of 1980, but by February 1981, he would be replaced by Eric Cartwright. But before he would leave, he'd make one last album. Uh, Rod Price, great guitar player. Uh, You know, he's since passed. But uh, people should look back at, at his work in Foghat. And definitely give this guy like a lifetime achievement award. Wow, so he's fantastic. Okay, now uh, this is what I was saying in the beginning of the show. His last album was called Tight Shoes, and it was released in May of 1980. And it kind of had a new wave influence. This, yeah. this this album. Okay, and Price didn't like that. All right, so it, this would be the end with him. Uh, it was recorded at Foghat Studios, which was a new thing, in Port Jefferson out on Long Island. Okay, it was produced by Tony Altita and Don Berman and Foghat. They all co-produced it. Wow. Um, the track Loose Ends and Baby Can I Change Your Mind, Baby can I change are, are, are two personal favorites that I have. 
Uh, the album only got to number 106. It really didn't do that well. Uh, fans were because they changed the, the way, right? They changed they like the new they, way. You know, well, well, well of... sounds were changing. You had yeah. that. Okay, that was across the board. Music was changing. People didn't want to hear these long jam yeah. fucking bands anymore. Okay. Not that Fog Hat was really I mean they were they they were they they had songs that were long and jams, but they were heavy in a in in a way that it wasn't like um Led Zeppelin, Moby Dick with a twenty minute guitar yeah. solo. They didn't do that. Okay. You know what the problem also was? By then changing the sound, a lot of the fans felt like what the hell's going on? And they probably yeah. didn't buy the album. So yeah, I think I think people people were like, listen, they're changing, it's done. You they know? were let down. Yeah, they were let down. It only got to number one oh six. But but tight shoes is an interesting interesting album. It has a picture of a pair a pair of like Converse All Stars on the front yeah. trunk of them. Okay. Um Price would leave a few months after this album was put out. He would be replaced by guitarist Eric Cartwright. Um, and the next album would be called Girls to Chat and Boys to Bounce. All right. <laughs> Nick Jameson was brought back yeah. to produce this. And it did slightly better. Um, it got to number 92 on the Billboard charts. It was released in July of 1981. Now, the lone single was called Live Now, Pay Later. And it peaked at number 102. If you ask me, you should have put, put the song Wide Boy wide boy okay that really showed their new wave influences and 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 nick jameson kind of is on keyboards on that okay? okay and he's doing some backing vocals as well that's the best song as the on the album wide boy if you heard it lonesome dave sings it but you wouldn't even know it was foghat very cool song wow it, it's it's very different it's it's kind of like new wave-ish you know light light punk power power pop Kind of, I don't know. I just like it. I always kind of like that song. Now, on October 18th, 1982, Fog Hat released In the Mood for Something Rude. And it's a collection of, uh, basically, it's a cover album. It's, yeah. a it's a take on a lot of like R&B and country tracks written by other people. Um, but didn't every band do that at one point? Like everybody, everybody, knows, everybody just did a cover like you know who Weezer did an album like that? Like Weezer did an album with all covers. It was all they covered covers. Africa. Yeah, they <laughs> Africa and Take On Me. It was crazy. They did everything. Oh God, Take On Me. Oh God. So this album they got covers by James Brown, Smokey Robinson, Jimmy Lewis. You know, classic blues and R and B guys. Uh, and they put their kind of style on it. The album cover is very cool. It just says Fog Hat. In the new, in the mood for something rude, in the fog hat logo, and it's like a '80s metal chick with spiked hair on the cover. <laughs> you know, it's just like typical '80s kind of thing. Yeah, okay, great. yeah. Again, produced by Nick Jameson and Tony Altita. Um, so Nick Jameson was coming back and forth. He, he was, really... he was with them for most of the stuff in that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. Nick Jameson is, is is as much of Fog Hat as the members are. But he wasn't a Fog Hat. He was just a guy well, that no, came in. Producer. Producer. Yeah. Producer. And he played on some of the stuff in the studio. Yeah. But, but you know, like he plays bass on Slow Ride, Fool yeah. for the City. You know, but uh, really in in, 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 in the in the mythology and the legacy of Fog Hat, Nick Jameson is a big part of it. Yeah. Big part of it. 
Oh, they got him here. That's that's a past member too. Yeah, technically, because he he yeah. and he did. I think he did a couple of live shows. Okay. Okay, but he but in the studio and when he was producing, especially when Craig went before Craig McGregor was in the band. Yeah. When Tony Stevens left, when they were doing Slow Ride and Fool for the City, you know, Nick Nick came in and did. Listen, I'll do I'll do everything. You know, Fool for the City is one of their best albums. Yeah. He plays bass on almost all of it. He probably did it. He probably was like one of those guys that if we got into a jam, can you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So he already knew the yeah, songs good point. and stuff. Yeah. He so, was. He was. Not? He was. Uh, unfortunately, after this album, uh, In the Mood for Something, Rue, Craig, Craig McGregor would hang it up. He quit the band. Yeah. Okay. The next album was called Zigzag Walk. It was released yeah. in May of 1983. And it kind of featured a rockabilly sound to some of their music, okay? Uh, Paul Butterfield of the Paul Butterfield Band was brought in to play harmonica um, on the Lonesome Dave song, Seven Day Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, the album produced again by Nick Jameson. Yep. Um, he had some bass and keyboard duties on that album as well. It would peak at 192. Yeah. They, all, they only took it to 200, so they barely scratched it. But I can see why James did to play the keyboard with that. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, everybody had like a keyboard. And, and at this point, things were so bad that Nick Jameson went by an alias. Oh, yeah. The album. He didn't say it was produced by Nick Jameson. He said it was produced by Franz Liebkin. <laughs> <laughs> and the keyboards was Eli Jenkins. But Eli it was him. Jenkins but it was Nick Jameson, right. okay? Things were not looking too good for Fargat at this point. Zigzag, zigzag walk was was a problem okay now kenny ironson who would be a, known as a famous bass player he played with dust with marky marky mark bell who became marky ramon but okay. kenny ironson's played with a lot of people um and also a rob alter had bass duties between 1983 and 1984 craig mcgregor would come back though in 1984 uh but fog had would briefly disband shortly after that in 1984 after Lonesome Dave Peverett left and returned to England. Yeah. Roger Earl, Craig McGregor, and Eric Cartwright, uh, who had replaced Rod Price, reformed with a new singer named E.J. Bergeson and would tour into the early 90s with that lineup. Wow. Okay. Now, at this time in the early 90s, there was a separate fog hat band. So there was two bands playing. I hate when this happens. There was two, two bands at the, right, at the same time. You had you had something called Lonesome Dave Peverett's Fog Hat came yeah. back. Okay. And it featured ex-members of Wild Cherry. Play that funky music, White Boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh Molly Hatchet yeah. and ex-members of Hall and Oates, their backing band. Okay. Their rhythm section, actually. Okay, guitar and um, you know, bass and drums were playing with, with Lonesome Dave. Now, this would go on for a little while, but in 1993, producer Rick Rubin got involved, and he urged the original band to get back together. Yeah, you got to get back together. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, Rubin couldn't be available to produce a new album. A new album. I believe he was working with Johnny Cash at that point. Ooh. Okay. Um but they, they put an album out anyway. It was called Return of the Boogeymen. And it was that year in 1993. And Nick Jameson and Tom, they brought back Nick Jameson and Tom Dawes. Wow. From the circle. Tom Dawes. Yeah. Okay. Now, 
uh, signed now to Modern Records. They released four, uh, 12 tracks on the album, including new versions of I Just Want to Make Love to You and Take Me to the River. Five out of the 12 tracks were originals, and the album was a heavy rock back to form. Back to form. Thing, okay. The band hit the road and would record their second live album, Road Cases, in 1998. Road in 1999, they put out a King Biscuit Flower Hour <laughs> live CD, okay, uh, from 74 and 76. Now, the King Biscuit Flower Hour was a, was a British show. show on the radio that people would hear live shows of different bands. Motorhead did one, you know, so many people did them. And they would put them out on, on vinyl or record, record or, or, or CD, okay? Uh, Rod Price in 1999 would retire. Okay. Okay. And they would bring in Brian Bassett from Wild Cherry, who played with Dave Parrott before Faga got back together. Okay. He would be playing on guitar. Now, at this point, Lonesome Dave Peverett was suffering from kidney cancer. Oh, shit. Okay, but he was a dedicated performer, and he even did some shows right after getting chemo. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the guy would get chemo and go on stage. Imagine that? Okay. Uh, sadly, though, on February 7th, 2000, he would pass away at the age of 56. Yeah. yeah. Shit, there's only this couple of years for us now. 56. One of the best front men you'll ever see. Now, Charlie Hewn, who played with Ted Nugent and Humble Pie, was brought in to replace him on lead vocals on guitar. Now, the result was an album called The Family Jowls, J-O-U-L-E-S, Jowls, yeah. album released in 2003. The first album without Peverett and with new guitarist Brian Bassett on guitar. Um, the album didn't chart at all okay but music was changing at the point. yeah it didn't matter so much okay it's a very bluesy album and it was self-produced yeah. it features some extra live tracks in the 2010 reissue one was a live version of sweet home chicago uh roger earl and tony stevens on the are the only two originals on original members right. yeah now march 22nd 2005 ex-guitarist and founding member of Fog at Rod Price passed away. Now he died from a fall, and it was related to a heart attack. He had yeah. a heart attack. He fell and, and died. Died. Yeah. Now later that year, original bassist Tony Stevens left, and was replaced by former bassist Craig McGregor. He so another guy. So this was like a revolving door. Almost. It was a revolving door. The 2010 version of Foghat consisted of Roger Earl, Craig McGregor, Charlie Hewn, and Bassett. Okay. Now, former Rainbow and Black Sabbath drummer Bobby Rodinelli had temporarily replaced Roger Earl for a short time while he got some surgery. Okay. But their next album, Last Train Home, released June 15th, 2010, was a culmination of a dream that Roger Earl and the late Lonesome Dave Peverett had. Uh, they wanted to put their favorite blues songs uh. down, okay? 
and uh, a few originals were thrown in. Okay, uh, it also features American bluesman Eddie Kirkland and a close friend of he was a close friend of the original band. Uh, in 2013, they released a live DVD, also called Live in St. Pete. St. Pete, yeah. Now, in June of 2016, winding down here, they released Under the Influences. It was the 17th studio album by Fagan. Wow, that's... They brought back Kim Simmons from Savoy Brown. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he he makes an appearance on the title track, and he gets a writing credit as well. Uh, They also covered a Savoy Brown track called Make Up My Mind. Uh, there's also a new version of Slow Ride, Slow Ride on that album, featuring Nick Jameson again on yeah. bass. Okay, now the band launched at that point a pledge music uh, campaign, and this album is entirely fan funded. That's oh, how yeah. a lot of people have been doing things these yeah. days, you know. Uh, they get funded by the by funded the by the fans. Yeah. Okay. And the album debuted at number 170 on Billboard Hard Rock Charts, and it peaked at number 40 on the independent album charts. Not too bad. Not bad. Not too bad. Okay. Foghat released another live album called Live at the Belly Up in June 2017. Now, sadly, on July 9th, Eric Cartwright, who played lead guitar replacing Rod Price from 1981 to 84, died of a heart attack. Yeah. He was 66. Uh, these guys died young. They all died young. young. Yep. They live fast, die young. Testament to national health care in England. Okay. <laughs> uh, Long-time bassist Craig McGregor, unfortunately, was also diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer He's in 2015. Uh, the cancer was first detected at an early stage in 2012. But he was not informed about this until 2015, three years later. Now, following this incident, he became an outspoken proponent of a D.C. bill that would require physicians to communicate test results with patients right away. Yeah. Okay, promptly. Now, although officially still a member of Foghat, the effects of chemotherapy made him kind of unable to play. Yeah. He was replaced on tour with Rodney O'Quinn, and sadly, McGregor would die February 9th, 2018. Another, 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 another one. The pandemic delayed Foghat until July of 2021, when the lineup of Roger Earl, Bassett, Yoon, O'Quinn released a live record called Eight Days on the Road. Um, and in January 2022, Charlie Hune retired and was replaced by singer Scott Holt, who became the new singer and guitarist of Foghat. And that's where we're at today. Wow. They're still around, still still playing. They will be around this year. I just checked out their website, and uh, they've been on tour through the Midwest and the West Coast. God bless them. I know it's not the original lineup, but but everybody should check them out. They're a great band. Uh, Just... For Roger Earl, give it to him. All right, he's still out there doing it. Unbelievable. What a history, man. What a history. What a legacy. And a bunch of top 40 albums, man. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to an old buddy of mine named John Barbero. 
Uh, John is a guy I've known since I'm about 13 years old. I'm going to send this podcast to him. Uh, he really turned me on to what Fogat was about. And, uh, you know, of course, I went on to know a lot more and yeah. get, get into it and yeah, know all yeah, these yeah. things. But but he kind of, he you know, he was he was like you got to hear Fog at live, yeah, Fog and, and, live and you got to hear and you got to hear Fool for the City and I was like okay, and you know I was a kid I was into like all different things and I didn't know what to into it. First guy I ever smoked a joint with too. Oh shit! There you go. All right. So very cool, John. Thank you and uh, his beautiful wife Angela, and uh, you know we're, we're we're at another end of a rock show. What's this, 162? 161. 161. Amazing. 161. Amazing. So where can we find you, Rob? You can find me anywhere in the interweb at Getting Them Up. If you go into the interweb or the interbox or wherever you go to find your information and you click in Getting Them Up, I will pop in like a fucking bad virus. See his, see his big head coming in. Yeah, smooth, nice. Smooth. Ooh, yeah, I'm as bald as Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. not rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for me, motherfuckers, I'm on Instagram, RockerMike212. I'm on uh, CloudHub as RockerMike. I'm on MeWe as RockerMike. I'm on, back Get, on Twitter. I'm on, back on Twitter, RockerMike212 yeah. on Twitter. I am back, uh, well, now on Truth Social as RockerMike. I am on Getter as RockerMike. Lots of rocker Mike. Yeah, and don't don't forget Facebook Rock O Mike Rock-o-mike. because they won't let me be Rocker Mike. I got to be Rock O Mike. Rock O Mike, and you know my Italian side. And then I'm also on Facebook for the Rock Show podcast group page. Thirteen thousand members. Plenty of members. Uh, is it thirteen? I don't think it's that many. Thirteen something hundred. Thirteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Okay. But uh, check us out. Sign up. Like us, all that stuff. Subscribe to the Subscribe YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube Don't channel forget. if you're watching us on here. And Make remember sure. to go to your dentist. Can you give the information of the dentist? I can't. Time, I can't. Like? We're talking about Park Dental Care. He's a kick-ass dentist. Richmond Hill, Queens, if you're out in Queens. 12419 101st Avenue. His number is 718-847-3800. The guy takes all insurance. Do we have a website for him? I think it was. Yes, seven one eight dentist. It's not dentists. It's dentist. D e n t i s t dot com. Dot com. Go yes. go go get your teeth checked. Get so your you can teeth have a nice fixed. Smile. Yeah, like me. Look at that. Yeah. All right. And so, on that note, thank you for thank watching. You. We love watching. you. We love you. Only on Tuesday. I love you every day. <laughs> And then that we couldn't talk. do this without the fans. Yeah. Thank you. Don't get drunk. Get lumped up. Get lumped See up. See you next week. Take care. <laughs> uh, that was good. The only podcast you will hear. That will be music to your ears. You'll learn about bands you love or may not know. And it's only here on The Rock Show.
your friends and everyone you know. Let's get lumped up on the rock show.